You guys, welcome to the third episode of the Taking a Dookie podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We're building such a great community around this podcast, and I could not be more thankful. Now, with that being said, I want to get into the excursion that I went on today. I want to tell you all about it because it's a big deal. I don't get out of my apartment very often, so when I do, you know, it's a moment. It's something that I need to post about. It's something that I need to talk about and... You're going to be the one to listen to me, I guess, today. But I want to tell you about my excursion to Costco today. Yes, Costco. I went there for fun because I was having a boring day. Typically, I get my Costco delivered on Instacart, and they bring me the various fruits that I order, including blueberries and nectarines and, you know, whatever's in season at the moment, okay? However, today I decided... Costco is so fun to go to. I am going to brave the LA traffic and head on over to Costco and see what's going on. And I'm going to walk up and down every single aisle just for the fun of it. So that's exactly what I did. I got in my car. I drove to Costco, looked around in the parking lot for 20 minutes to find a spot because it's always like that. And I walk in immediately. I feel this sense of happiness, wonder, curiosity, all of these things. And you want to know what really sucked me in right at the start? It is August when I'm recording this podcast right now, okay? What do I see as soon as I walk in the door? A ginormous snowman. Snowman decoration in August. And this is right next to uh, some decorations of skeletons. So they're hitting both holidays early. And if you know me, you know that I love decorations. I love them more than almost anything in the world. I mean, if you want to entice me to an area of a store, throw up some Christmas decor. Even if it's not my style of Christmas decor, I will be over there looking at it. And this not only enticed me with the giant snowman, which is probably 10 feet tall or taller, It also enticed me because it was playing Christmas music very quietly. One of the items was. So I was immediately over there and I was browsing and I was being tempted, but I held myself back. Okay. I'm not going to be that guy walking out of Costco in the middle of August with a giant snowman. Also, I live in an apartment. So that would be a very interesting thing. I'd have to disassemble him. I'd have to, I'd have to cut him up in three pieces to get him you know, living his best life in my apartment. So I meandered around on all of the aisles, you know, I found myself in the mattress section. I did not know that Costco sold mattresses. I found myself looking at different, you know, security cameras, things of that nature, until finally I ended up in what I went there for, the fruit section. Now, this section is a hit or miss at Costco. But let me tell you my favorite thing about it. I love going in that super big, cold refrigerator because it's freezing in there. And I'm not saying that I like to go into the freezing cold because I like that feeling. In fact, I hate it. Whenever I go in there, I'm shivering and I'm making audible noises of me being cold so that everyone around me just knows how cold I am and they all give me looks. I mean, seriously, I'm in the I'm in the fruit section you know, browsing the blueberries and strawberries looking for the best package and going, brr, brr, it's so chilly. 
it's so chilly. And everyone's like, yeah, we're in a refrigerator. Weren't you expecting it? But the reason I like it so much is whenever I leave this giant cold icebox, I feel so great. I feel, I feel as though I've exited the winter months and gone into summer in the matter of a few seconds. So anyways, I pick up a few things at Costco. I browse some more of the aisles. Had such a good time. Was smiling from ear to ear the entire time. You know, I hit a few traffic jams with some old grannies who were out getting their weekly groceries. But all in all, it was a good time. And that's the kind of thing I do for fun around here. That's the kind of exciting life that I live in Los Angeles. That's why I'm here. For those those Costco runs that can never happen anywhere else. No, I'm just kidding. But I do want to tell you guys about another thing that I've recently picked up, and that is tennis lessons, where I made an enemy. Yes, an enemy. Now, tennis is not something that's new to me. I've played tennis for pretty much my whole life, since I was probably two or three years old. But I have been craving to play ever since I went to Wimbledon in July. And finally, I got the courage to sign up for some tennis classes. But they're not really classes. They're more like cardio workout tennis where you go and you're with a group of people and, you know, your tennis instructor just feeds you a bunch of balls and hosts drill games and you just play against each other, okay? I'm setting the scene. Now, I've been to this twice, and the first time, had the greatest time, about died of exhaustion. I'm not kidding you. I was crawling on the ground between different drills. My, the sweat off of my body was so wet, I would sit down on the court, and when I stood up, you could see a perfect imprint of my tiny buttocks, Okay. That is how exhausted I was, probably because I didn't eat before going and it was very hot and, you know, things of that nature. Also, there was only four of us there, but there was a 60-year-old man there and he said, how old are you? And I went, I'm 21. And he said, come on, if I'm 60, you can do this. As he's like prepped and, you know, jumping up and down, ready to go for the next thing. And I said, you know what, you're probably right, but for the past two years, You've been taking these tennis lessons, and I've been sitting on my couch. Anyways, this is just setting the scene, guys. I went the other day to my second time, because I had a good time at the first one. You know, I wanted to go again. Sunday morning. It's going to be more crowded. It's a Sunday. Okay. I get there. There's about 12 people. All right. We get split into two different teams of six, so we're playing on different sides. And on the other side of the court, there was one guy who, from the moment I saw him, I, for some reason, had an internal instinct that he was my enemy, that we just did not like each other, or at least I didn't like him, right from the moment I saw him. And I'm going to kind of describe him to you. He was wearing a gray shirt. He had a little, he had some, some sort of mustache, almost like Miles Teller, but not as great of a mustache. It was kind of scraggly, you know? And he kind of looked like the YouTuber, Mr. Beast. Okay. Whenever we got up to play against each other, it was always a duel. 
It was always a battle, besides it being doubles. And for the first hour, this was a two-hour-long lesson. For the first hour, he kept beating me in points because there was no warm-up. This first hour was my warm-up. I'm someone who needs a little bit of practice, and then I start killing it. So for the first hour, he's throwing you know, these sly smirks at me whenever the ball goes through. I'm getting frustrated. I'm a very competitive person. My team keeps losing our drills, and I've decided that he is my enemy. And I got so frustrated by me missing these easy, easy shots that I almost smashed my racket, which is a pretty common thing that, you know, professional tennis players do, and probably anybody with some anger problems, which I maybe should look into seeing if I have since I was about an inch away from smashing my racket, but I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I almost did, but I didn't. I held back. Hour two rolls around. All right. And I hate this guy. I hate him so much. And I'm making it very clear to the other people on my side of the court. And they're saying, oh, you know, it's okay. It's just, it's just a game. It's just a Sunday in a park. You know, you're looking too much into this. And I said, guys, I'm not just hating him to hate him. I need to have an enemy or else I'm not going to be competitive enough. Do you guys want to win or what? And keep in mind that the other six people on the other side of the court were all men in the ages of 30 to 65. And on my side, it was me one other guy who was probably 27, and four middle-aged women. Okay? I'm setting the scene for you. And I said, you know, I just, I need to have that competitive flair to me if you guys want me to step my game up. And so they said, you know what? All right, you you do what you got to do. Well, hour two, finally, I was hitting good shots. And we played this game where the two people on the other side of the court had to stand at the net while we hit an approach shot. Finally, 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 it came to the point where it was just me and he was straight across from me. And I hit the ball so hard right at him. As hard as I could, it goes right over the net perfectly and... Pretty much everybody on the court kind of went silent and went like, ooh, ooh. I mean, it was obvious that I was aiming for him and I hit it as hard as I possibly could with it still going in the court. So that happens and it's an, an amazing shot and obviously I win the point and I kind of, I did like a fist bump. I did like a fist bump and did a, come on, you know, but much louder than that. I didn't want to break your ears on the podcast. So by this point, it's a rivalry. And lo and behold, it's his turn to do this. And I'm standing there. And I knew, I just knew he was going to do the same thing. And he did. And I almost got it back, though. But that's the story of my enemy, okay? If this guy is there the next time I'm at this tennis lesson, I don't know what's going to happen. We might get into a fist fight. I've never been in a fist fight in my life. But for some reason, me and this guy are tennis rivals. And this made it much more fun, the lesson in general. You know, I'm saying all this, I'm saying all this stuff about him, but 
I think that he really made the lesson better and he did make me more competitive because as you can see, I am a very, very competitive person. I mean, to the point where it gets slightly too much. It gets a little bit too extreme. On a totally unrelated note, I've seen a lot of people wondering what the process was of me choosing my apartment and how I ended up in, the, in this apartment that I'm in right now. And it's kind of interesting. So the apartment that I live in is in downtown Los Angeles. And before moving here, I had actually never been to downtown Los Angeles ever in my life. I'd been to Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, West Hollywood, all of those places, but I had never been to downtown, and that's because no one ever comes downtown. There's really no reason to, because it's scary. And I don't know, all of the hustle and bustle nowadays seems to be in West Hollywood. And so originally when looking for apartments for moving here, I was looking at things closer to Beverly Hills. I was looking at a few places in, in Hollywood and then also in West Hollywood toward a bunch of places, aka two or three. I think it was two different ones. And both of them were good, but I didn't love either of them. They were both super expensive. Those areas are crazy with their prices. And they had no apartments available that were of my liking. I really wanted, and when I say of my liking, this one apartment building that I almost lived in, the name of it is Argyle House. And um, they had a few things available, but most of them were on the third floor, just really low, and it's right on Hollywood Boulevard, and I just decided that it wasn't a good fit for me. And so ultimately, ultimately I left LA. I was on a week-long trip here. And I had no place that I decided that was the one. And so I got searching online. I was supposed to move here a week later. And a really important thing to me for my apartment was floor-to-ceiling windows. And it's really hard to find a place in West Hollywood that has floor-to-ceiling windows all the way around because there's not as many high-rises But in downtown Los Angeles, there is a lot of high-rise apartment buildings. And so when I started looking around and I found this one, it kind of just popped up and I jumped into it. I make decisions really quick. I'm not someone that thinks about it too much. When I see something that looks like it's a good fit and I have a good gut feeling about it, I just kind of jump in. And so I saw this place. I saw its floor-to-ceiling windows. And I said, downtown Los Angeles it is. I've never been there. I have no idea what it's like. But it's got to be like New York, right? It'll be fine. I love New York. I don't know that I'd want to live there. But it's going to be great. Plus, with no traffic, it's only, you know, a nine-minute drive further than Argyle House was. So, I get this apartment. I book it for, you know, I'm leasing it for a year at that point. And I drove from Salt Lake to Los Angeles. And I pull up and I get off the exit. And, you know, traffic is really bad, of course. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm gonna have to deal with this traffic every day. And as I'm driving around on the streets, I'm looking around and I mean, it's kind of what I expected downtown Los Angeles to be like. But 
I could tell already that I was not going to be doing too much walking around at night. It just didn't feel, it didn't feel safe. But also, it wasn't as similar to Manhattan as I thought it was going to be at all. Yes, there was a lot of big buildings, but Manhattan is just full of people everywhere, pedestrians everywhere. Like every time the light turns red, there's a gazillion people crossing the street and stuff like that. That is not how downtown Los Angeles is. There's not nearly as many people walking around. In fact, especially at that time during, you know, October of 2020, everyone was kind of staying inside. A lot of people had left LA right at that time. And so the streets were a ghost town, pretty much. But I pulled up to my apartment building and it was just me by myself and I got the keys and it all felt really exciting. I mean, I was moving out for the first time and I was in this totally new city and I remember walking into my apartment. And if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, then you can kind of see a bit of my view, but it is such an amazing view. I mean, the windows and the view are what made me choose this apartment in particular, but I remember walking in and being kind of nervous because I had never seen it in real life. And I walked in and I saw the view and I thought, whoa, that is crazy. I get to look at that view for the next year. And now it's been two years. But even this morning, two years later, I woke up and it was early in the morning because I had a meeting and it was sunrise. And to this day, I still get kind of breathtaking by the view because it is just so perfect. I'm convinced it is the best view in downtown Los Angeles, 100%, 100%. But I had nothing. I moved here with no furniture. These are the things that I had packed in my car with me, okay? My Willy Wonka costume, of course, all of my clothes, a Christmas tree, and my ornaments. I Yes, I moved here with my Christmas tree and ornaments. I knew that I wanted those bad, but no furniture to my name. And then, of course, a few other miscellaneous items like my PlayStation and, you know, things of that nature. But the first day I was here, I had luckily ordered a mattress online because mattress come in cool boxes now. Did you guys know? I mean, this has been going on for a while, but my mattress luckily got delivered about an hour before I arrived at my apartment. And so the first thing I did was I lugged up this giant mattress, this giant mattress box all by myself, which doesn't sound like it would be that hard, but this is very heavy. And I'm dragging it through the lobby and I'm dragging it, you know, past the security. And they're just looking at me like, oh gosh, who is the new kid? And um, finally I get it in my apartment and I crack open the box and, you know, I'm just getting it all set up. And... It, I, I, it's so crazy thinking back to this main room that I'm in right now used to have nothing in it. I mean, for a long time, it had nothing. No table and chairs, no couch, no entertainment center, no TV, no mirror. Those are all things that are in this room now. And it slowly collected to this. Another thing that happened on the first night that I, w- that I moved here is... Okay, so I I got my keys and I brought up the mattress and then I immediately drove to Restoration Hardware 
because my dream in life was to have a cloud couch, which is the type of couch that I have. And I drove to Restoration Hardware because I knew it was going to take weeks for this, weeks or months for this couch to be made. And I bought the couch and I was super excited. But I mean, I wouldn't see it for a few months, right? And then I drove to Target and I got all of the things that I needed. I got plates. I got dishwasher detergent. I got um, laundry detergent. I got soap, you know, just all of the things. And I mean, that was a really fun experience. Just buying all of those everyday household items that you keep for years upon years upon years and you don't have to rebuy them was super fun and cool. But I had to lug all of them up to my apartment by myself and I just brought up everything else in my car. So I spent hours upon hours this first day just carrying up load after load after load of different random things. And I remember going to the grocery store also. I mean, while I was at Target, I just picked things up. But I just had all these bags of different, you know, chips and drinks and things like that that I needed to stuff into my pantry. It was quite the shopping spree. It was quite the shopping spree. But um, it took a while for me to find furniture from my apartment. I don't think that I ended up getting a dining room table until... February, January or February. And keep in mind, I moved in in October. So October, November, December, it took about four or five months for me to have a dining room table. And there's no island in here. There's no place for bar stools or anything like that. This whole space was just open. And I would sing and dance and do my live streams right here. And for a long time, I thought that I might not ever get a table and chairs because I liked the open space. But then when I had a few people over to my apartment, I thought, okay, I better fill this up a little bit because I also at that time only had the couch in this room. So I was, I was truly living that bachelor lifestyle, you know, nothing, nothing decorated, but slowly I've added more and more. And I'm going to give you guys a full apartment tour because I've never done a full apartment tour. Um, But you're going to see it all. I mean, both both of the rooms, my bedroom, my office, um, you're going to see my hallway, where where I do my laundry, the bathrooms, like you're going to see it all at the end of September because I'm going to have it all cleaned up because my family's coming to visit then and I'll make one of them film it and I'll give you the full rundown. But a lot of people are asking me to share the story of how I ended up in this apartment and just little tidbits about what it was like moving here by myself. So I wanted to end the podcast by telling you that story. You guys, this was a little bit of a different episode of Taking a Dookie because I covered a range of topics. You know, I wanted to tell you about a few different events that have been happening. But thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in again. Don't forget to give it a like. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. Give give me a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And I will see you guys next Thursday on the Taking a Dookie podcast. I still can't believe that's the name. I still can't believe it.